lot of time has passed since we rode together. I had to be sure of you. And now I am. Don't you understand? I'm not like that anymore. I, I have changed. No. You pretended to. Maybe you even convinced yourself you had. But inside, you're still there, Mythos. You're like me. Not anymore. No? Tell me you haven't missed it. The killing? The freedom! The power! On your feet or on your back, it's all the same. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where Damon just gave me a look like, nope. Why did you pick that quote? That's a dark quote. It is a dark quote. Ooh. Damon does not recognize the difference, that's for sure. That's true. Anyway, welcome to Highlander Rewatched, getting to that part. The podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And we're here talking about a very special episode, Among the Most Beloved. What's it called, Keith? Comes a a Horseman. horseman. Comes a Horseman. Comes a Horseman. (laughs) This is a Horseman Comes, right? Furry furry installment of Highlander. (laughs) I know this is a furry. Back in the past, he wore animal furs. Mm -hmm. Continued that trend today. I I assume this episode is about centaurs. Yes. I haven't Mm. seen it. Isn't there a thing where, like, People dress up as like sex horses. I'm sorry. What? What's a, a sex, sex horse? horse? <laughs> like they have like a like a, a <laughs> tail they put in their butt and like a, a leather like horse face mask. <laughs> Probably. I'm pretty I'm sure go this is guess a thing. I, mean, I think it. I know the tail thing you're talking about. They're oh like yeah, you know what that de- is? Decorative. Uh, decorative. De what? Decorative. <laughs> decorative? <laughs> Decorative, uh, like, butt plugs. Mm. We are, like, 30 (laughs) seconds into the podcast, and we're talking about butt plugs. Comes a horseman. That's right. That's right. We got 99 problems, and this is one. It's the 99th episode of Highlander. 99 problems. Not of of a different show, but of Highlander. Do you guys know why uh, 100 episodes is an important milestone for TV shows? I don't know. Because it's three digits, or is that because when they normally get put in syndication? Syndication is the big reason. Oh, Once you hit 100, now you're syndicated, or can be. Wow. How about that? Why can't you be syndicated before that? I just don't think people do. I don't know. I don't know if it's like not enough episodes to go on a regular rotation, is my guess. Like if it's played every night. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Hmm. But yeah, I believe 100 episodes is kind of where people are looking to get, make that residual money. Money, residual. money, money, no. Money, no. Good stuff. Good stuff. Dr. Money, no. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Money, no. So before we kick off this episode, we usually play the catalog game, which we're going to do. But before we do that, there's a special email I want to read because I'd like the contents to be included in all future discussions. So I don't want to wait till a reader mail episode. This is a first time writer. You got an email from Miss Emma P. Emma P. Emma P. EMAP. EMAP. (laughs) What did I just say? EMAP? Nope. EMAP. Yeah, that's what you EMAP. Mop? Map? Shit. Here we go. She says, howdy, fellas. General Highlander question slash observation. 
You know how when a person dies, they like completely shit themselves and whatnot? <laughs> she says, do you think when immortals have their first death, they completely shit themselves? And then like when they wake up, in the cases of when they weren't taken to the morgue or someone was nearby, they're all covered in their own shit. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. This is completely ridiculous and a jest and thought I would... Uh, and thought of this while I won't continue, but uh, there we go. So that is the question posed by Miss Emma P. I think that's a worthy topic for this podcast to explore. Our, we're derelict in our duty that we did not raise this question ourselves. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, right. <laughs> that none of us thought about people's bowels relaxing yeah. after death. <laughs> we're a scatological group, right? <laughs> like I'm imagining, like when uh, Mac gets like shot down on like the, remember the city hall steps is that in warmonger or that's in or the revolutionary maybe he wakes up like right away and continues the chase i like mm. to think he like he's like waddling he's slightly. waddling <laughs> shit dripping out of his pants <laughs> or when tessa or when tess dies and mac is like oh i love you i love you and then she's slowly like <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's instant you don't instantaneously poop yourself i well sure maybe not but i think it's right away <laughs> right away like you get hit and you're just <laughs> Your edge, the minute your heart stops, it's. <laughs> oh, it doesn't just, just. Just like that. Isn't that how you poop? That's how I poop. It's like a bomb going off. Yeah. <laughs> you dropped a bomb on me, baby. So, anyway, write us in, uh, rewatchers. Let us know what you think of that theory, I guess. And uh... send us pictures of your poop. <laughs> no, do not do that. We've gotten some messages from some of you that are on the line. Do not send us messages of poop. Send me your poop pictures all the time. Send it to Eamon's Twitter at... Eamon B. Doc. That's right, Eamon B. Doc. Send me your poop pics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I get one of these... Leave this in. I want to see if I get any. You sure? Yes. I'll leave I, it I yeah. also want to see if you get one, but I don't want to see the one. I hope it's someone like in two years that like, is the one? listening yeah. to the podcast and is like, I'm going to do it. And like, you yeah. randomly get a poop pic. And I'll and like, no why is this happening? Why? I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you forgot that you issued this challenge? Apparently there's a website where you can rate people's doo-doo. How do you, what are the criteria? Hotterlot.com. I think that's what it's called. Solidity and like texture. Color, I assume. Bouquet. Bouquet, yeah. How do you get that through? Or does it like have to There's a special app you can attach can some look like celebrities like oh look it looks like abe lincoln <laughs> yeah can a poop look like a celebrity that's the question anything can look like a celebrity mm. guys we're gonna play the catalog game guys we're playing <laughs> oh boy shit okay so at the top of every episode we're gonna revisit the highlighter catalog i'm gonna read an item description and Eamon and kyle are gonna try to guess based on that description how much this item costs whoever gets closest to the right answer gets to give their opinion first at the end of the episode you guys ready to play yes all right this week we're gonna be reading out of the 1997 10th anniversary highlighter catalog this is the biggest of all the highlighter catalogs because it's the 10th it's the 10th today we're gonna be talking about the daily organizer not we Weekly, not monthly. Right. So there's two, there's a uh, like there's a heading on this page and then also the item description. So I will read both for your listening pleasure. Chronicle your journeys and adventures. Your own daily voyages are of utmost importance and deserve the finest attention. Oh boy. Organize your wanderings in time and place and make no- time and place. <laughs> this is on. Organize your wanderings in time and place and make note of things that catch your fancy. In Highlander, creations crafted by the premier leather craftsman in the world. Oh, this is the premier 
leather craftsman in the entire world is spending his time making a day planner. Barnabas T. Leather is making these. The greatest leather craftsman in the world. Made in the, US, made in the USA. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Wait, is that no that the greatest leather craftsman in the world is in the U.S.? I don't think so. Why not? America, baby. It's pot. Oh, boy. USA. USA. <laughs> American anyway. exceptionalism applies to leather manufacture. Made in the USA from the finest American Napa natural milled full grain leather. Wow, that's mm. a mouthful. And Napa is in italics. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Napa leather is. You're supposed to wink while you say it. Yeah. Uh, each item has a unique Highlander sword design and makes a wonderful gift for that special person. What do you mean a unique Highlander? Like, is everyone different? I doubt it. I guess they just mean these designs are unique to Highlander. Interesting. Yeah. And it'll right. be unique for the person you gift it to. Ooh. Oh, sure. Daily organizer, plot your moves and record them in this astutely designed Highlander organizer. Astutely. Yep. Includes Duncan's katana pen as a free gift. They got to give away shit to sell this. <laughs> this 9 by 11 by 2.5 planner. Beautifully embossed with the Highlander sword. Hold standard 5.5 by 11.5 three ring planner seats. Deducts, deducts, deluxe page and divider set included. Deluxe page? What does that mean? Page and divide. Wait. I don't this, know. It's a deluxe set of page and divider. Wait, deluxe page? Hold on. <laughs> I thought I had it. No, Kyle, you were right. That huh? What is it? Deluxe page. Wait, deluxe. Deluxe page. Wait, deluxe. Deluxe, deluxe page, page and divider set included. Wait, it's, it's I guess the, I guess deluxe the, page and dividers. Yes. So I guess the pages are deluxe. They give you. They don't give you some shitty. Is staples. it the wrestler deluxe diamond page? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow, what a pull. Uh, doesn't really work, but oh, yeah. DDP. DDP. And there's more? My God. Keith is wrapped with attention. I So also on the picture they show of the... Here, I'll hold it up to you guys. Here's the daily plan. Oh, those are the rings. Those are the rings. Uh, but it does have some items already penned in there. Ooh. And so I was curious what these might have been. Uh, so one is on a Sunday, Jan- December 15th, gathering at Joe's, 9 p.m. Oh, uh, like the gathering? I guess so. And on December 10th, bruise with Connor, bruise <laughs> with Connor at 7. And then it says, bring extra katana. Why? Doesn't he have his own? I don't know. Did his break? I don't know. Bring extra Extra katana katana to go with the bruise. (laughs) The bruise. Is Connor not invited to the gathering at Joe's? No. Maybe not. He's not in town. No. So you go, and it comes in two colors. You can either get it in black or cognac. Black or cognac. Is cognac a color? Yes. Not that I'm aware of. It's the color of cognac. So here you go, guys. So it's brown. Yeah, it's it's a a (laughs) shade of brown. You're correct. Next time I see something brown, I'm going to say cognac. Cognac. And then get punched in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, how much you guys think this uh, goes for? Eamon, you guessed last time. Kyle, why don't you go first this time? Well, being as it is made by the the gods the of leather craftsmen, I'm going to guess it's twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four ninety nine. All right. Ooh, I'm going to guess thirty nine ninety eight. I bet Eamon's <laughs> right. And what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, I have a question to ask. Are these priced down? They are priced down. <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> uh, Amen, you guessed how much? 29? 39. 39. Kyle, you guessed 29. 24? 24.99? Okay, sure. Eamon, you are the winner. What? Actual retail price, $125. No way. <laughs> these are not priced to own. You are lied. you fucking serious? They're priced for rich people to own. Yeah. What? $125. 
How? I don't know. I don't know enough about leatherwork. Is it actually just secretly an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I don't know. Was it skinned from like a rare extinct beast? I don't know. It, yeah, it does come with that free pen. Oh, the pen. $20 for the pen. It's not free then. This is... Well, I mean, it's worth twenty dollars. Nobody. The same way this this Daily Planner is worth one hundred and twenty five dollars. Nobody bought. Who that. bought this? Nobody. Nobody. Can I see this up close? Sure. Money, no. <laughs> this is baffling. It's upsetting. Okay. Okay. This katana on the planner is so small, like you could miss it. I've got this thing like a foot away <laughs> from my face, and the way the light's hitting it. I can barely see it. Oh, just like my penis. Yeah, that checks out. When the light is hits it a certain way, might as well be gone. <laughs> barely see it. Yeah, it's like that cognac color, too. Boing. <laughs> yep. This is unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> is, you know, this is really, like, abhorrent. <laughs> I can't believe they've charged that much money for this. That's ludicrous. These look like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about the leather work on this seems remarkable. No. No. But you can... Plot your moves, Keith. Yeah. And moves. it's Connor's katana pen. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't Did you mention that? that? Well, now this changes everything. I, I, This is worth every penny. Good yeah. job, Eamon. You this really is, this clean, is garbage. Okay. You really clean my clock on this one. Me being right makes me sad. <laughs> I'm sad. And I was like, right, too. But you were both grossly so wrong. wrong. Yeah. Both so wrong. Because no one could get that right. No one. You'd be a crazy person to guess 100 bucks on this. You'd like, have to be like Leo, L- 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 Lucille Bluth. Like what is betting, a banana? What does a banana cost? Ten dollars? <laughs> like, like to have like no idea what anything costs? Be like, I don't know, a book? One hundred twenty-five dollars? Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this episode. Episode neun und neunzig. What? Huh? <laughs> Carrying the German theme over from last episode. Carrying the German. That's right. The hand of God Himself protects the horseman. All right. So we're talking about season five, episode eleven. Comes a horseman. This episode first aired February. February. February 3rd, 1997. This episode was directed by Gerard Hamlin. This is his fourth of five Highlander episodes. He also did Judgment Day, End of Innocence, and Glory Days. A lot of day-themed episodes. This episode was written by David Tynan. This is his 26th of 33 episodes. Last we saw from him this season was Prophecy, Manhunt, and The Messenger. Let's talk guest stars. Peter Wiggs, he's back as Mythos. Richard Ridings as Silas. Uh, He's done lots of British TV, including Red Dwarf, lots of video game and voice work. He did the narration in the Highlander fan film Highlander Dark Places. How about that? Interesting. Interesting. And he's... Well, did you call him Peter Wiggs? Yeah. Wouldn't it be Peter Wings? I maybe misspoke. Like a bird? (laughs) Yeah. Peter Wings. Peter Wings. Peter Wigs. Doesn't make any sense. He wears a wig in this episode. Yes, he surely does. Sure does. But also, Mr. Richard Ridings, uh, he might be most recognizable as his role as Daddy Pig on Peppa Pig. Wow. He's the illustrious... Daddy Pig. Papa Pig. Yeah. There you go. Why is he Daddy Pig and not Papa Pig if she's Peppa Pig? I don't know. That does not make any sense. such a missed opportunity. Peppa Pig. <laughs> uh, and his daughter is Freya Ridings, who um, I guess a lot of listeners may recognize because she performed at a Highlander convention a number of years ago, but has also been making the rounds on late night TV and whatnot. Uh, she is a great singer. So. Musical guest, <laughs> right. Freya Ridings. Don Pardo is joining the cast, mm-hmm. which we're very great to have you here, Mr. Pardo. Thank you, Kyle. What was it like to narrate uh, Frank Zappa's set on SNL? Great! <laughs> okay. <laughs> and live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some would say that's the best thing about that show. 
Saturday Night Live. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm good, Don. This is drifting a little into Santa Claus. Have you ever played oh, Santa? Oh, 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 you've been a bad little boy. <laughs> this is very true. Sit on Papa's lap. <laughs> Papa Pepe. Uh, so All right. Did, I had to go. Yeah. <laughs> so d- did he get cast just because his last name is Ridings? Yeah, that's it. Richard Ridings. Yeah. They were like, we need a horse person on this episode. Yeah. To play the horse man. To be inclusive. Yeah. Uh, this episode also guest stars Marcus Testery as Caspian. This is uh, only one of two shows on IMDb he ever did. The cyber stalking. <laughs> Silk cyber stalking. Yes, yeah, so cyber stalking is the like only that. other credit he has, aside mm-hmm. from Highlander, the two episodes yeah. of Highlander. Spoiler, he's in the next one. Um but uh, the IMDb episode desc- or description of cyberstalkings reads, Aspiring songstress Holly Moon admires the famous diva Samantha mm-hmm. and attempts to sneak her own act on stage in the same elite futuristic techno club. Wow. <laughs> With a it's weird shirt. El- elite and futuristic? That's right. Everything's elite in the future. Um, with a weird stroke of luck, Holly succeeds, but is unaware that Samantha, which is in quotes, really appears only with the help of an illegal, secret military computer program. What? The program uses... used to make a pop star? <laughs> the program uses the imagination of a real person to create a totally virtual reality environment. At the club, the in- MC introduces Holly with the line, Welcome to the imagination of Holly Moon. A fantastic environment and performance unfolds from within the subject's own lofty aspirations. Holly also does... Oh, also. This is like probably the same also. person. <laughs> Holly also doesn't know that a glitch in the program has murdered the real Samantha <gasps> and that she, Holly Moon, is slated as its next victim victim no like these oh welcome to cyber stalking guys wow that movie sounds off that's like a soft core porn i can't wait put directed by that guy from haunted oh that's right uh larry krasner (laughs) (laughs) it's a philadelphia joke (laughs) that is our very liberal district attorney who is not a creep not a creep. Also guest stars, Valentine Pelka as Kronos. This is his first of five Highlander episodes. He did some guest spots on Zorro, William Tell. Uh, he was in First Night. How about that? Uh, and also played a different character on The Raven, which is insane. And he was a main character in the show Queen of Swords, which, of course, was produced by Ken Gore, David Bromwitz. Mm. And he was in the movie The Pianist. Or The Pianist. Penis? The Pianist. Mm. He was in the movie The Penis. <laughs> And finally, this episode also guest stars Tracy Scoggins as Cassandra. This is her second of three Highlander episodes. And, of course, we know her from Babylon 5 as Captain Elizabeth Lockley. Yeah, she's back, baby. To make out with Max some more. Yeah. Actually, not much making out. No. White, white pecking. White pecking. Mm-hmm. What was it? You're the, the, the pecker that couldn't do the pecking. <laughs> it's a little mortal pecker. They called me the master of illusion. No one called you that. Nope. <laughs> so let's read the episode description from IMDb. In flashback to 1867 Texas, Duncan is part of a posse after immortal Corrin and his gang of raiders. In modern day, Duncan's friend, immortal Cassandra, is also after Corrin. But she tells Who's Duncan Corn? he is also Cronus. Also after Corrin. <laughs> One of the four horsemen who brought terror and death to mankind through the ages. Meanwhile, Cassandra reveals Mythos was one of the horsemen, which shocks Duncan into ending their friendship. Mm. That's a confusing sense. That could also be read that he ends his relationship with Cassandra based on that. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Don't make fun of my boy Mythos. Get your corn elsewhere, bitch. I wish I could remember some corn songs to further this bit, but I can't. 
Oh, I can't either. Head like a hole? Is that corn? Is that Marilyn Manson? I don't know. Anyway, so this episode opens up where, Kyle? But basically at like Universal Studios or something as he's like trying to get on a history themed Jeopardy show. Right. Or Wheel maybe he of was history. on it. Wheel, Wheel of history. history. Which what does that mean? I don't know. Who would want to watch a show called Wheel of History? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I watch Jeopardy sometimes. If it's as good it, like trivia shows can be fun. Sure. But but that'd be like if Jeopardy was called like panel of questions. Yeah. Like 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 Jeopardy's at least like a catchy name. Like, ooh, Jeopardy. Like that's yeah. exciting. Not and it's about wheel a, of a, history. A variety of topics. Right. Yeah. Also, why is it called Jeopardy? There's no danger. Yes, there is. The song that that sound is very dangerous. Yeah. Alex Trebek is going to come at you. That's right. <laughs> but that mustache coming at you. Yeah. So somehow Mythos got like extra tickets to the. I was confused at first. I was like, wait, like tickets to view it or tickets to be? No, a I think contestant? he's a participant. He's trying, right. to, he's trying to become a contestant, and he doesn't yeah. make the finals because he doesn't know who Chubby Checker is, right? Yes. yes. Which is, I thought this was actually kind of funny. funny because he's like, oh, I know like how tall Nero was and. How Helena Troy wasn't that hot and good looking, I thought. Yeah, she had like a questionable face or something. He calls Helen of Troy a butterface. Oh, boy. But yeah, and then it's funny. He's like, oh, like who in the grand scheme of things is Chubby Checker anyway? Like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that is actually kind of funny. But there's a line here that I guess does not come back because Mac is like, you know, this is really reckless. What if somebody recognized you? I thought that was going to be important. Nope. No, that would make sense if later this, like, six months later... Well, is that why Kronos finds him? But it but just it's, like, happened. just happened. That's true. Well, if it was a live-to-tape thing. It was live Where to tape. Kr- where's Kronos been? In Seacouver? The yeah. whole time? I don't know. She's like, let me drive down to the studio right yeah. now. Yeah, it was broadcasting live. He turned it on exactly in time. <laughs> knew where the studio was. Knows where it's filmed. Can't Google it. <laughs> Uh, and immediately hops in his car, gets down there just in time to have a chance encounter with Cassandra. Yeah. That well, just goes, Wheel of History is filmed <laughs> in Seacouver Studios. That's right. In front of a live studio audience. And Kronos never misses it. No. That's right. It's he his play, favorite He joke. plays along at home. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good at home, but when he gets there, he chokes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they're in like the parking lot, and they get like the buzz. And Mythos is like, nope, that's my... I gotta go. Cutest could do. Uh, but Mac is like, oh, I like to know who's around. So he goes snooping, and there's like a dark alley. Like, we skipped one thing. Their sure. entire banter during this is nonsense. He's like, oh, I think they like me. And he's like, oh, they look a hammerhead shock of it. It smiled. What, what, is, <laughs> what is that line? Is that Mac, like, really shitting on, like, these these idiots it's, that yup up the boob yeah. tube. Like, yeah. They're like anything. Like Yeah, including your dumb face, Mythos. <laughs> my friend. And then he says, they've asked me to come back next week. What do you think? And he says one word. And it's all like a play to get him to say the word ass. Oh, right. But it makes no sense. Oh, it's like a four-legged animal that carries stuff or whatever. Donkey? Three letters. Right? Is that what yeah, happens? That's that's what happens. I was like, like, huh? What is any of this? Guys, it's just like how friends talk. Yeah, it's like, what do you think of this? One word. <laughs> Ass. Oh, is that supposed to be, is that how the, the game is played? Well, they're going to go fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe that's the Wheel of History game. Well, maybe we've just, inv- we've reverse engineered the rules of Wheel of History. Right. Elixir. Anyway. So anyway, it's a very dark, steamy alley. Because of course it is. Where's all the steam? But then it's like during the day. Yeah. But the alley is clearly at night. So I've, I was wondering this. In this, like, opening credits sequence, well, we get a flashback and then we pop back, I guess. There are four location changes. Like, the mm-hmm. first is outside 
a actual studio looking place perhaps right then wherever this parking lot is looks entire like they're like in an industrial park somewhere then they go to this alley which is at nighttime and there's just like smoke everywhere like this is like where is this place and then after this yeah then when mac eventually spoiler encounters cassandra we're now like in this like there's sand i was like where the fuck is this place like (laughs) they have perhaps traveled 40 miles in five (laughs) minutes over the course of this opening so anyway, well, Max sees Kronos there, and he's like, oh, shit. Uh, so then we get a flashback to Texas, 1867, and there's like a uh, wagon. A doll. And this party had been raided. This doll trade. is so creepy. It yeah. cuts to the doll. It's immediately like, whoa. Yeah. Something bad is about to happen. And Duncan is doing his best Walker, Texas Ranger impression. He looks pretty good in this duster. Cause he, cause he, he does. Because sh- he shot a helicopter with a... <laughs> with a truck-mounted bazooka, yeah. which happens in an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, if that's not clear. Walker, I have AIDS. Is <laughs> <laughs> so that something that happens? There's an episode where Haley Joel Osment plays a kid that has AIDS on Walker, Texas Ranger. Amazing. So Max shows up and says it looks like Corin and the Comancheros have left their mark. Anyone look up the Comancheros? Hit me. The Comancheros were traders based in northern and central New Mexico who made their living by trading with the nomadic Great Plain Indians tribe mm. in eastern northern Mexico, west Texas, and other parts of the southern plain. Comancheros were so named because of the Comanches in whose territory they traded and were their best customers. So there we go. Mm. So they are tradesmen. Cool. They're, tra- they're looking after a gang of tradesmen? That makes no sense to me. Murderous tradesmen. So they're talking about how they need to find this Melvin Corn guy, and his gang treats him like he is a magic being that can't die. Right. And Max immediately like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, fair enough. Side note. Kronos could choose to name himself anything, and he called himself fucking Melvin. <laughs> Melvin Corrin? Are you... What? It's a bad name. Yeah, he sounds like a nerd. <laughs> Melvin Corrin. Maybe he had high aspirations. Like, I mean, Adolf isn't the most... You know, it's kind of a... That's true. You know, not until you start killing millions of people. So he's like, oh, I'm going to put the name Melvin on the map. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going to be the Melvin. <laughs> the Melvin. People will only know me as Melvin. Melvin, yeah. It's like you sound like you're the telegraph operator, not the uh, yeah, not the murderous bandito. But yeah, they made him change his name just so they could have some sort of mystery on like, who is he? How do we find him? Track him down? He was somebody else's name. It's silly. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, why does his name have to be different? Right. Matt can just still call him Kronos and not know he's one of the four horsemen. Because then Mythos, it would be immediately Mythos obvious. Mythos' name huh? doesn't change. Mythos? Well, it kind of does. <laughs> he's, he's Adam Pearson, so it kind of does change. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess. So, yeah, so they're like, we're two hours behind or whatever, and the, the sheriff guy wants to, like, bury the bodies, and Matt is like, nope, we got to go, because there'll be even more people dead if we don't. And, yeah, so they fucking ride off to some cowboy music and that's the cold open and i was like huh? did they not plan a cold open for this and they just did not. stuck this in here because yeah, this is this is not dramatic not where the cold open should end nope if it should have been anywhere i guess it could have been just in the alley right. where he's like corn or whatever and it's like cut there at least now it's a mystery you're like oh who are you this is just like i don't know it's this is nothing this is the middle of a scene they just cite with the opening credits yeah it's bizarre but max costume looks dope yeah so after the credits we cut to agua dolce texas Sweetwater, baby. Sweetwater, Texas. Sweetwater. 1867. Uh, so we pick up right after the last flashback. This looks great. They've used this, I guess, Western set before. I guess it's somewhere probably outside of the city of Vancouver as like a standing set for stuff. I don't know. I thought this looked great. Lots it of does extras. Like, I was buying into this. Cinematic. Mac is leaning up against like a, a railing, loading his guns. Which, why aren't they loaded? 
You're hunting like you're a, you're hunting a criminal. <laughs> Load your gun. But I mean, it's cool. Maybe like, they, maybe they clean their guns before they. Ah, there we go. I'll say this. They're gonna be digging deep, trying to fucking justify this shit. <laughs> maybe they clean their guns before the shootout, thinking like, let's have clean guns. Mm. Do you need? Is that a thing? I don't yeah. Know oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't know much about guns. You should clean your gun all the time. I say that as like like it, like it sounds like I own guns. Gun expert, <laughs> yeah, gun expert, key. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, people clean their guns often. As they should. Yeah, I well, clean fair. my gun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Explain it to me. Comes a horseman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so fucking Corin is like Vigo. Like he's like been shot and stabbed and lynched, yeah. and drawn and quartered. Like Vigo and the Carpathian. Vivian, yeah. Wasn't he also Vigo the Butch? Yeah. The Comancheros call him El Gato. <laughs> The cat. Because he's got an island. I was like, so stupid. I was just like, you had to be able to, like, you don't need this, but you had to be able to come up with something better. Right. Than El Gato. They take a character whose name is Kronos, who is one of the four horsemen of the, like, he already has a great moniker. They're like, let's change his name to Melvin and make him a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. It's like, this makes no sense. (laughs) Meow. That explains why he talks that way the whole time. It's me, Melvin, the gato. We'll have to talk to Slan later and see how he thinks feels about all this. All right, so they go to this barn where I guess Melvin's all held up or whatever. This looks like the barn from Manino, I thought. Anyway, I kind of dug this. Like, they're all waiting up front. The goons are there. And then Matt gets the buzz, and he's like, there's one more. This isn't, like, a big surprise or anything that, like... He's ambushing them or something. But I thought this was kind of cool that, like, Mac knows there's somebody hidden uh, in the group. And he steps out and he's like, no, we're not surrendering. Right. And then they just start shooting at each other. Also, it's like, how many bad guys are there? Also, has no one on the planet ever heard of cover? (laughs) They all are just standing out in the open. It's like, what is this, the Revolutionary War? (laughs) Like, you're just going to stand in a line and shoot each other like dipshits? And Kronos has a big, goofy beard. He, his, that beard sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that beard is one of the most hideous things. The I hair ever... game in this whole episode is fucked up. That, yes. This is by far the worst example in my view. Yeah. He's literally got, like, a weird pube beard. He looks like Team America <laughs> fucking... <laughs> when he goes undercover. Yeah. So anyway, Kronos ends up, like, fleeing into the barn. Mac follows him. Also, one last thing we need to acknowledge. How Mac is shooting. Mac has a gun and a rifle. And he is, like, cocking the rifle in the most awkward-looking, like, one-handed, like, chuk chuk. It's like, just shoot it. You could shoot so much faster if you were either <laughs> shooting the handgun or shooting the rifle. And instead, you're doing both badly in a way that looks so awkward. Like, it has to be so hard to shoot a rifle one-handed, too. Yeah. Especially after you do this cockamamie, pun intended, like, flip maneuver in right. order to be able to shoot it again. So, Mac ends up shooting some goon in the barn, and then the cat jumps <laughs> from the ceiling. And he literally is like, like Batman. Like, yeah. He even puts his arms out and has his feet together like he is about to crash through a window <laughs> onto a joker goon so they start fighting this is kind of cool there is insane electronic music going on here i don't know what the deal is with these new music cues i personally don't like them too much it's very it's odd like, some of those foley laser beam music. yeah it's a lot of laser music yeah but anyway mac ends up like getting disarmed he's on the ground uh-oh and then well, they're like they have a sword fight like their swords kind of get like caught together and yeah. this dude gets a scythe yep which is 
kind of awesome. Yeah, he's like, the old ways are best or whatever, yeah. and goes to take Max's head, but gets shot from behind from the sheriff. One beat we're skipping, which I am unsure of whether it is kosher, is as he's going to get beheaded by the scythe by Melvin the Gato, Duncan grabs his rifle and is seemingly going to shoot Kronos. Yeah. Is this allowed? Is this a thing Max done before? I don't think we've He's, ever seen Mac do that. Like, he seems to take umbrage to whenever another immortal is using a gun. Right. So, what's going on here? I mean, it ends up not being relevant in the sense that more mortals interfere right. and shoot him, but... I don't know. I guess maybe Mac won't go into a fight with a... With a gun, but if there's a gun, he'll use it? Well, yeah. I guess he's gonna die, He so. is gonna yeah. die. This is a good functional scene, just in that this is in the back of your head for the rest of the episode. Like, we've seen Mac get beat. That's true. So it's like, all right, this guy's dangerous. So anyway, then we cut to a cemetery later, and I was a little confused at first what happened. I was like, wait, are they burying him? No, he is, Corn has escaped already because they buried him under a half an inch of dirt. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Though I like his epitaph better than he deserved. It's good. Melvin. Melvin. So Mac shows up. He's already escaped, and Mac is all pissed off because he couldn't finish the gerb. So then we cut back to the president, and we resume that scene in the alley. Chrono says, adios, Highlander. And Why? And he just vanishes. What's the point of this? He's just like, hey, what's up, dude? And then he just goes away. I guess. Well, I guess he wants to fight Cassandra, as we're going to find out Cassandra is here. Oh, see, I I thought he's looking for Mythos and tracked uh. Mythos here, but Mythos fled and then cassandra's tracking corin whoa this is a real that's snake. how i kind of read yeah. no maybe you're and right then he's surprised to see mac like that's he didn't think me this would be he, with anybody well he's definitely surprised to see mac right and then the question is what is chronos doing here is he engaged in a game of cat and mouse with with cassandra Dra, or is he there specifically to look for mythos but I don't understand what about Mythos's current appearance in speaking to what we were saying earlier. It's not like Mythos's appearance, not even as a contestant on Wheel of History, but attempting to become a contestant on Wheel of History would alert oh, yeah, Cronus like, to his presence. Was him? He wasn't even televised at all then, probably, right? Probably not. Because he didn't make it to the finals to become a contestant? I think that's what happened. Fuck. Mm. What a weird confusing beginning yeah they invite him to come they like him so they invite him to come back and try again right so he runs off matt gets the buzz again so we start snooping around somewhere else it's a bunch of shipping containers and stuff <laughs> where, uh, where are where they? the fuck is this you know next to the tv show the tv station where they keep shipping containers yeah. next to the tv show <laughs> he comes across cassandra that's right the woman that molested him when he was a boy. <laughs> 13 and then had sex with him 400 years later. That's right. I like her jacket. It's like a her van vanity crazy. jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. She's on the search for Cronus. That's right. So they're back at Max Loft now, and she's explaining. Like, they're both pretty upset. Like, Max is like, you want to drink? Like, she does not want to drink. He's like, oh, I almost took your head. Like, I'm all fucking on edge but she explains it's not every day i almost take my friend's head and i'm like no this happens a lot yeah it does like, happen fairly it doesn't it, maybe he means it's not every day i almost take my friend's head he means every day i usually take a friend's head yeah so this is <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is an outlier yeah. he actually wants to celebrate right, yeah yeah oh i, did I didn't, do, didn't do it this time uh so she starts explaining to him who corin is and max like you'll lose I know how dangerous corin is and she's like corin his name is actually cronus right cronus <laughs> <laughs> and he was one of the four horsemen. And so Mac Ma does not believe this, Ooh. really. What? Like, what? Like, that's Ooh. crazy. I find his reaction confusing. Does he understand when she says he is one of the four horsemen? 
that he she's making a biblical reference or does he understand like does he have some knowledge that there were some evil immortals called the four horsemen i think he gets the seems to have the knowledge that it's like a real thing yeah like he responds to this as though this is a material like a real thing yeah. that he is not a, of. an abstract concept right also because the biblical four horsemen haven't shown up yet right they haven't been like walking around yeah it's not like oh yeah those guys they used to exist it's like no they're coming later in the bible yeah. like yeah so like he seems to know what they're talking about yeah weird but he doesn't believe they could possibly exist anymore for why not why they're immortal like yeah you know? why not mythos is there yeah and also they're clearly badass so like you would expect that they they're be- clearly bad well, <laughs> <laughs> okay okay but i mean like they they they're like they're of legendary status right like, as we get Everyone to find out that they like are. they murdered yeah. thousands upon thousands of people like i like this isn't some fucking schlubby dude this isn't dolman ross this isn't dolman ross he knew it though <laughs> he didn't, he know, didn't it. know it the four gatos of the apocalypse uh, so she <laughs> so she flips over a uh hourglass because of course matt keeps an hourglass on his coffee table uh and we get a flashback to the bronze age that's right the bronze age. Cool. Where? What, what? where do we th- where are they supposed to be i guess uh, uh, dirt I, pile like mesopotamia I assume I think because so. uh, didn't they say that in the Watcher Chronicle for Cassandra last time we read hers? I think so. That she's yeah. like from the Fertile Basin or something. Ooh, sure. Fertile Basin. That's right. Mm. Don't be gross. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. So anyway, this looks pretty cool. This is like a nomadic camp that's set up. So anyway, she's not immortal yet, and I guess she was found as a baby by like the villages like healer dude and so she's like mending some dude's arm goes to send him away and the their healer dude who's like her father is like no 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 and he puts a spell on him too and it's like what like huh? he's like she's like oh isn't my medicine good enough and he's like no sometimes it also needs magic I what the fuck spell on you <laughs> is that how she came to get her magic powers eventually she's like oh i gotta take seriously what my healer daddy taught me well i think so like she mentions that like he always sensed that i had special gifts which mm. i couldn't tell if that meant like oh that she's immortal or that she also does have powers and then i guess obviously he's her magic teacher i <laughs> guess mark? sure there's also like this is intercut with a man gathering sticks yes and he sees these four costumed horsemen ride up on him and he starts running away from them and he rides for a very scary long time people with the, the sticks. sticks yeah he refuses to drop those sticks also where are I... these sticks coming from <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Quick question. Director of this episode, Mr. Hamlin. Gerard Hamlin. Mr. Uh, Gerard Hamlin. We think he uh, maybe has a little Quentin Tarantino syndrome, a little foot thing what going. Happened? Where's the foot stuff? Uh, anytime someone is running ever, we get a lot of their feet. Huh. There's mm. a lot of feet in this episode. But it's this, only when people are running? Well, every time someone's running. I mean, I get you that. Get I shot, think people are like, oh, I like a, the running. A lot of shots of feet. I'll just a rewatch. That's right. And jerk oh, off. Yeah. Foot stuff. <laughs> to that foot stuff. <laughs> so anyway, the, the healer dude, like, he knows the horsemen when they show up. He's like, oh, no, it's the horsemen. Uh, and then they just start cutting everybody down. They all have, like, fucking cool masks on. Like, I love the their masks look. masks are nuts. They put a lot of work into, like, all their weapons, which Efron, I guess, designs each of them individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as, like, just their look. They've got all this cool face paint and stuff. This is neat. So one of them's, like, a skull mask. I love whichever one is just, like, one horn, basically, off to the side. It's, like, wild. Yeah, that's Silas. They, like, burn the whole place down. So, I mean, what happens when Kronos confronts Cassandra? Uh, he's basically like, hey, do you know who we are? And her dad's like, yep. And he takes off his helmet. He's got all the scary tattoos. And then he fucking kills her dad. Which also, the, the no that this man lets out when the horse 
horseman Star Trek. He goes, no. Well, hold on. He kills her. She tries to protect her dad. So, like, the Cronus goes to, like, kill the dad, and she jumps in front right. and gets yeah. stabbed. She takes a bullet for him. So Elgato kills her and her father, and we fade to black. That's right. So later we cut to Joe's, and Joe can't believe, like, the four horsemen are real. And he's like, oh, look, in the Bible, Max. Like, no, like the Kentucky Derby. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck you, Mac. <laughs> fuck off, dude. <laughs> also, and, and again, same question as before. In this conversation, Joe does not seem to be responding to this as though it is a known immortal quantity. Right. He's responding like, you mean the Bible? What a weird thing for you to say. Yeah. You mean like Jesus, that made up Bible character? <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the second thing that I wonder if the Highlander writer's room I mean, we know Gillian Horvath was a fan of Marvel comics. Because mm. we have the Watchers, which that's like a Marvel thing. Watu? Yeah. And then the Four Horsemen, those are X-Men villains. Uh, that's Apocalypse's right. goons. That's right. So I find that interesting. Mm. And that's Iron Man is in yeah. the next episode. <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got to dig what Joe says. He's like, oh, this is like, you know, like they're already all, ugh. they're always like mounted raiders and then they become story, then legend, then myth or whatever. But yeah, Joe's like, I don't know how we're going to find this guy. Like, I've never heard of him. We don't have any watchers on him, blah, blah, blah. But then they explain like, you have heard of Melvin Corrin. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, so we cut outside wherever the fuck Mythos lives. Is he living out of a hotel, an apartment? I don't know. He's, in, he's been in Seacover for a bit. So he's leaving, and he gets the buzz. He thinks it's Mac, and then bleh, he gets fucking knifed in the chest by Kronos. brutal, yeah. It is brutal. He's a crook. Commando style. Nose. He actually hits him with a buzz saw yeah. and impales him on a pipe. So Kronos kills Mythos and then takes him to his, like, power station hideout. And this is... <laughs> I love this set. It's cool. This set is cool. This is, like, another one of those, like, what happens when you die kind of moments. Because Mythos has been shaken to an entirely different location. And then he wakes up and is still, like, incapacitated. He wakes right. up and it's just like... And his pants are ruined. Yes, because he should have sucked. <laughs> maybe, Thanks, all, maybe all immortals wear di- diapers. Diapers, oh, that's a in good case idea. They in case they die. Yeah, just as a professional courtesy right. between immortals. <laughs> so Cronus is like already shitting on Mythos like for being weak. He's like, oh, like, look, you know, you're all in pain, blah, blah, blah. Like, you've, you haven't experienced battle or whatever from you like gone soft on us right meet those things Cronus just is like hunting him down and there's a reason for that because something got cut and i don't know when we want to talk about it but how about now okay oh but they filmed they filmed and cut an entire flashback really goofy flashback where they are dressed in like roman tunics yes with the like the like afro worst wigs, wigs ever <laughs> ever it's really bad um but i think it's important yeah let's mention it now because i think there's some stuff that's related to that flashback that gets brought up uh as we go through it mm-hmm. uh like for instance this like i thought you were here to kill me and it turns out mythos and Cronus, when they were living in greece at whatever point this was uh after like later than the bronze age i guess Cronus would not allow mythos to read and I guess Mythos was getting pissed about this whole thing, and he, like, put Kronos in a pit that he thought he would never be able to escape out of. And, Interesting. Right. And also, that might kind of explain, like, well, where's Kronos been a lot of the time? Like, did right. he disappear for a while and then reemerged at a later date? But yeah, so that's the deal. So perhaps that's why Mythos thinks Kronos has come to just kill him. <laughs> because the pit debacle. The pit debacle, right. Uh, but Kronos gives him a choice. He says, you can either join me or die. 
Mythos in typical Mythos fashion is like, well, I'll just keep surviving. So he decides I'm, to join. I'm all about choices. Yep. So then Duncan is reading in his dojo office. His brojo, brojo office. <laughs> He's reading an 80-pound book, by the way. <laughs> He's reading a dictionary. What the fuck is he doing? Uh, I, was, I was like, what the hell is this? <gasps> oh, is he reading the Bible? <laughs> Probably. Maybe. That's a big old Bible. Well, Bible's come big. <laughs> He's reading the X-Factor omnibus edition that has the uh, apocalypse storyline <laughs> with the four <laughs> horsemen. <laughs> Who is your favorite horseman? Was it Archangel? Yes. Checks Archangel's out. the coolest one. I like it when it was Wolverine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wolverine was death for a while. Mm. X-Men. So Mythos shows up, and I guess, uh, you know, he's like, oh, Mac, I'm glad, like, you're here. I was worried about you or whatever. And he gets the buzz, and Cassandra comes down, and is like, blah, 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 what the fuck? And goes ballistic. So she pulls her sword and wants to fight right. Mythos but right then. Right before she comes down, Mac is like, hey, you ever hear of this Kronos guy? Right. And Mythos is like, uh, <laughs> what? Kronos? <laughs> Mythos? Kronos? So Mythos already knows he's in trouble. Yep. And then she comes down, and the look on Mythos's face when he sees her right. is pretty priceless. He's just kind of like, fuck. And he's like, I don't even know who this person is. She's crazy. There's some shit in this episode that I'm like, this seems timely as well. Uh-oh. Yeah. So anyway, Mac ends up grabbing Cassandra, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. He runs. Eventually, Cassandra tries to chase him down, but, you know, loses the trailer or whatever. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck, Mac? She's not very far behind him. She's literally like five to ten seconds behind him. Yep. And that's apparently enough for Mythos. He's slippery. Yeah, he learned all that stuff from the cat. Yeah, exactly. So there's a decapitated monkey head. <laughs> right. So, well, she's like, yeah, I could never forget what he did to me. Smash cut. Smash cut to monkey head. Baboon's head on a spike. This is very dark. Yes. Yes. So, uh, as we come to learn, Mythos, well, is one of the horsemen. He's got a white, like, he looks awesome his yeah. his mask is like a skull he takes it off and his face is like half blue he's braveheart in it he's, he's really braveheart in yeah. it it looks i love the look of all this stuff it's yeah. awesome and, and cassandra all, this is her first death right so yeah. this is right after i guess that battle at her campsite and so he has brought her back in like a body bag and fucking just dumps her <laughs> dumps when her he like dumps this body i was like holy oh, shit <laughs> she just died again yeah. <laughs> ouch and his voice isn't as like lilting and charming it's much more blunt. Yeah. Well, I guess he hasn't been to England yet. Yeah. <laughs> but he, like, speaks slower. It's, like, a deeper voice. Like, yeah, yeah. he's definitely putting on a character. Uh, and he also looks like he's fucking singing in Poison. He is the craziest, like, yeah. air metal. Hair, yeah. And she's like, take me to my people. Where are they? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're over there. And, and there's just a pile, pile of skulls. skulls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is insane. Yeah, but it's gross. Like, he's like, you live to please me. And she, like, argues. And he, like, slaps her to the ground. This is brutal. It's, I will say, I give the show a lot of credit for taking perhaps the most liked character in all of Highlander. Like, people love to meet this. Like, he's like, oh, what a dreamboat. He's, like, the funny character. Like, I don't know. And they're just like, let's make him the worst villain this show She's has ever seen. seen. Like, yeah. it's yeah. awful. So he houses her and then is like getting fresh. She's like putting that hand. Visual medium. <laughs> um, he uh, goes to slide his hand up her dress. He's like, you are alive as long as you please me. Ugh. And it's like, Ugh. yep. Uh, so then the other horsemen show up. Caspian and Silas are all are both arguing about who gets to keep this like cloth they got. Ugly blanket. It's like yeah. brown. <laughs> it's like a grayish blanket. Well, it's, con it's cognac colored. <laughs> it's, <cognac> color. <laughs> it's not even that attractive. 
It's not even cognac attractive. I guess Caspian's like, no, I should keep it. I killed more people. And Silas is like, no, women and children don't count. I was like, oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is awful. Kronos shows up. He's like, stop fucking fighting. We don't fight. We're brothers. And his solution th- is cut the thing in half, I guess. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mythos tries to break this up. You get the impression that Mythos does not like caspian because he no. just like comes up behind him with like a knife he's like i will slit your goddamn throat yeah like he's looking for an excuse yeah. yeah i think they do a pretty good job of setting the stage of like what their relationships all are like yeah like you said like mythos clearly doesn't like caspian and they set yeah. that dynamic up and they also set up that silas is like a this goofy gentle giant like no, not gentle but that's the thing giant. it's like they've like combined the gentle giant trope with like a s- horrible horrible psychopath yeah, right yeah you know that trope. They're, it is weird, right? But that's the the vibe. This is I get. weird, right? He this is the sort of like lovable, oafish character who's also a brutal murderer. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, crazy. You know like, that lovable oaf, oaf slash homicidal yeah. madman, homicidal, <laughs> homicidal madman. <laughs> oh boy. The one thing I wish they did in these episodes is, aside from Mythos, they don't tell you which horseman is what. Like they're never like Kronos is this. Silas is that. Oh, I see. Like, who's death, who's Like, who's whatever. pestilence, who's pestilence, famine, yeah. who's war. They only say Mythos is death. I feel like I know. Should we figure that out? Let's, yeah. uh, let's I got it from Wikipedia, so. Oh, it says it on yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize we, that. Let's see if we can deduce it. Okay. Well, Mythos deduce. says he is death, so right. he's death. He also has a skull mask, so. There you go. Done and done. Cronus is pestilence, because he comes up with a whole virus plot to poison the earth. Great. Silas is skinny. So he's famine. Or Wait, sorry, no, Caspian, Caspian's skinny, so he's famine. Right. Oh, no, he must be because he eats bugs and rats. rats yeah. right. So you're right. He is famine. Famine. And then process of elimination. Yep. Big war mad axe guy. Yeah. That's he's, correct. That actually Silas. works really well. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually shocked that like it all lines up like they were thinking that, but don't say it. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Works out. Bonus it points. Does. Bonus points. <laughs> This flashback ends with Mythos informing Cassandra that I will kill you as many times as it takes to, quote, tame you. Yep. And then he stabs her again. <laughs> or, like, you get the sound effect, which I thought was, an, yeah. uh, like, well, it flashes white and you hear the, uh, like, stab. Hey, watchers! If you haven't seen already, you gotta go to Patreon.com and support the podcast that you know and love. No, that's not my brother, my brother, and me. That's us! That Highlander is, Rewatch. That is Highlander Rewatch. That's the podcast you know and love, and that's the one we're asking you to support. So if you go to on Patreon.com slash Rewatched, you can contribute. You get some interesting prizes, including shout-outs on the show, personalized messages, magnets, etc., etc. And you should stay tuned to that space for some exciting stuff coming down the old pipe that being said though we owe some people some personalized messages so let's bust them out this message is from our dear friend paul h (laughs) i was born 51 years ago in the bluegrass of kentucky i am a fan and i am not alone now is the time of the rewatch where the swipe of the thumb will release the power of the podcast (laughs) in the end there can be only one a podcast about a 25-year-old show based on a 33-year-old movie done by three guys in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, that oh, very good, amazing. Paul. Thank you, Paul H., true friend of the show. Yeah. 
and also manager of the Highlander Rewatched fan page. That's which you right. Can find on Facebook. Go check it out. You Highlander can... Rewatched Discuss. That's right. Also, Paul, it, I, I thought it was Discus. Discus. Have I been saying this wrong? The sporting Olympic. At the start of that, I did not know where it was going, and it was like, I'm 51 years old or whatever, and I was like, is this a dating profile? Like, use Islander Rewatch to date. Yeah, yeah that was must really. Please love, do. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, do it. Must love long walks. Uh, I love swords. the s- swords. <laughs> the smell of cinnamon. The smell of cinnamon. Keith, do you want to read this other one? Sure. And light bondage. <laughs> <laughs> Keith just smacked himself in the face. With, with his headphones. headphones. Aggressively hard. My face hurts just seeing it. This message comes from Jocelyn G. Jossie G. She says, hey, guys, <laughs> your show is G. great. Each week is a funny, insightful, snarky, sometimes snack-filled hour of Heinler to Love. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Jocelyn. P.S. Duncan is enormously judgy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is. That's right. Bringing back that beef. Also, literally the plot of uh, the Valkyrie was... Am I who's gonna be judgy to me? Like, because yeah. I'm super judgy. Though I think Matt Admitted. does okay on that one. Sure. Yeah. But thank you, Jocelyn and Paul. Also, you guys, when you when you write these personalized messages, they don't just have to like jerk us off. Like, <laughs> they don't just have to be like, your show is awesome. Though we will take we'll it. Take we'll take it. We'll take it yeah. every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. Oh boy. But yeah, if there's anything else you know you want to say, oh, uh, we appreciate the con words. But your personalized message can be whatever. It can be uh, a note to another fan. I don't know what it would be. It's up to you. I'm not gonna tell you it what to do. Whatever you want. Anything you want. And if what you want to do no is tell slurs. us how awesome we are. <laughs> More power it. to it. Yeah, so thank you, Jocelyn. Oh, did I tell you guys, uh, my mom asked me what I was doing on the weekend, and I was like, I'm recording. She was like, are you still doing that? I take it your mom's not a Patreon contributor. <laughs> no, she is not. No. Don't be like my mom. I got a personalized message for your mom. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is the beginning of a rewatcher beef, so we better sign off. Go on to Patreon.com today and become a member. So we're back in the dojo in the present. Mythos, deny, deny, deny. Right. Oh, and this is, this is I guess we kind of skipped ahead a little bit. This is yeah. where Mythos runs away or whatever. So that flashback is like in the middle of their like chance encounter here. So now Mac finally finds out. Like Cassandra's like, no, he rode with Kronos. He's one of the four horsemen. And Mac is like, but, but, but. So we cut to Joe's with a sexy sax intro. There is so much sexy sax in this episode and the next one. And it does not fit. Mm-mm. It is so inappropriate to yeah. everything that happens. Yeah. Everything. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. So this is some tricky stuff here that Joe gets into. Reminded me of some current events. Joe's like, man, like he's like, this is thousands ago of years ago we're talking about. Like it doesn't count anymore. And he's like, well, you know, if something terrible did happen to her, you know, it becomes an obsession that like she's looking for somebody to blame or blah blah blah. And uh, he's like, do you really think you can even trust her? Maybe she's a liar. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Joe is not a believe women. Person. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is a. Uh, well, I think the thousands of years ago is like maybe she's like mistaken. Like maybe sure. she's thousands and thousands of years. Maybe she's just like not remembering properly what the deal is. Uh, he does raise a good point, which is how would he even know this person? It's like, mm, great question. She just molested me when I was 13 and then I banged her, <laughs> right. last, you know, 400 years later. And Mac throws back, how well do you really know Mythos either? Like, we don't know anything about this guy. Which is true. No, so this is like. It's an interesting conversation. Breadcrumb from last episode, Joe is Mr. Friendship, because he wanted to frame the issue in Valkyrie as, well, what's really important is that you're friends with this person. Right. So, like, this is a friendship issue. He says that again here. It's like, can you can you really picture Mythos raping and murdering for fun? It's like, you know, yeah. he's your friend. Trust your gut. Right. 
And so Joe's out of proof. He's like, I don't, that's all I got. And so Mac's on the hunt for more proof. So we cut to the bad guy hideout at the power plant. Kronos basically says he needs Mythos. Yeah, the two of them are like the core of the horsemen, it would seem. I've got questions about that that I'll raise later, but... They tussle a little bit. Mythos tries to get Kronos. Yeah, he tries to kill him. Kronos is ready for it. Like, he I think this is supposed coming. to show that like Mythos is not cut out for this stuff anymore. Like, Mythos doesn't fight anybody. And Kronos is very good, I guess. And then Kronos is doing like a Darth Vader search your feelings type thing where he's like... You haven't really changed. Like, this is still in you. I mean, this is kind of like, Mythos. This is is the clip at the top of the show. Mythos's response to this is very weird. He's like breathing in and out, like really heavily. He's like, (sighs) and I'm like, what is his response? Like, I'm confused. Maybe he's out of breath. He's just panting. Yeah. What are we supposed to, what are we making of this? I think he doesn't know. I don't think he knows what to do. Like, I don't know. I think he's flying by the seat of his pants all through this and is trying to figure out how to play it maybe i don't know or do we think he's really conflicted like am i really this dark inside yeah or maybe he's just afraid maybe yeah because cronus could very easily kill him right now right so cronus is like well you have to like prove to me your like loyalty and he's like you go fucking kill mac and i'm gonna kill cassandra and get her like i'll do you a solid and get cassandra off your back you get rid of mac and mythos is like no he's my friend right and like, he's also like, well, what do you, what, what's the point? Like, he's nothing to you. Like, yeah. you don't know him, and he's not going to interfere with whatever you're doing right now. But yeah, it's just like, you have to prove it to me. That's the whole reason. So they get a blood handshake. Yeah, they do the whole, we're brothers kind of shtick. It's good Curtis when he is... says, you owe me. Like, that's a good, scary he, moment. He, like, turns it up to 11 on yeah. that line. It's, like, kind of wild. But we don't Which, really... like, why does he owe him? Yeah, we don't get that. I mean, I guess it's because perhaps this... because he uh, buried him, him in a, in a pit. pit. Yeah. yeah, like a but couple thousand years ago. We wouldn't get that if we just watched these episodes. No. Well, Which that's why I think weird. that it's important to talk about that cut scene early because I think there's stuff like they they didn't intend to cut that scene. I mean, they filmed it and then they were like, "This is garbage. We have to cut it." So yeah, I think there's it's... all these things that are yeah. in there that are intended to be references to that but don't really have a payoff now that it's cut just leaving us to wonder so now we cut to sunset this looks great the hotel or wherever apartment mythos is staying at and mythos is packing up in this moment what do you think mythos is planning on doing do you think he's just gonna run or do you think this is about joining chronos on some other thing i was curious about that too because like there's like a constant tension throughout this entire two-parter is like Mythos being reactive or is he executing on a plan? And people constantly tell are constantly saying, like, you planned this, didn't you? And Mythos is always like coy about it. Yeah, I think he's not planning anything. And people think he is because they think he's a genius or something. Yeah, like everyone thinks he's like the bee's knees, apparently. Right. Right. For some reason in my gut, I thought he was running away. I think I so too. Also thought that, but yeah. also because well, later he will reveal that there are more horsemen. So like that hasn't come to the table yet. It's like right. we need to leave town to go get them. Like that's not part of the plan. So I don't know what his deal is. So yeah. I think it's the run. I think he's just going to run away. So Matt catches him doing this. All right, why, why don't we take a listen to this amazing interaction with Adrian Paul and Mythos? The times were different, McLeod. I was different. The whole bloody world was different, okay? Did you kill all those people? Yes. Is that what you want to hear? Killing was all I knew. Is that what you want to hear? It's enough. 
is not enough. I killed. But I didn't just kill 50. I didn't kill 100. I killed a thousand. I killed 10,000. And I was good at it. And it wasn't for vengeance. It wasn't for greed. It was because I liked it. <laughs> Cassandra was nothing. Her village was nothing. Do you know who I was? I was death. <laughs> death. Death on a horse. When mothers want their children that the monster would get them, that monster was me. I was the nightmare that kept them awake at night. Is that what you want to hear? The answer is yes. Withdrew. Okay, guys, what did you think of the clip? So this is amazing. Peter Wingfield especially is amazing in this scene. Just a range of emotions we have not really seen from him, except for in the Elixir episode. Yeah. I mean, he's killing through a tube in this one. It's just <laughs> killing like, through a tube. Through a tube. I'm a bit curious about how this interaction is playing out. Again, speaking to, like, is there a plan? Is he just being reactive? Because... He initially admits it. He's like, yeah, I killed these people. I rode with him. And Mac is going to leave. And that's he's he's seemingly like willing to have that be the end of the interaction. And Mythos like stops him and like pours his heart out on the rest of this speech for some reason. What do we think that's about? And it's like after like this broader confession that Mac's like, we're done. I don't know. I, is it just Mythos like putting it all on the table? But like why? Like he previously wanted to deny, deny, deny. Then he admits it, but he's like, no, I haven't admitted enough. Right. And it's like, but why? Interesting question. Like, is he trying to push Mac away so that he doesn't have to kill him later? That's possible. Is he he just overcome with emotion and, like, unable to reconcile with what he's done? Which, like, that weird breathing scene before makes me think that maybe he's a little unstable at the moment. Yeah, I mean, is this a subtle way to, like, misdirect the audience? Like, we don't know what's going on with Mythos. Like, what choice does he really make? Yeah, is And it, is this supposed to, like, show the audience, like, oh my god, he made the wrong choice. Like, he's gonna be bad now. Like, he's the new villain of the show. Yeah. Uh, Which would've been an interesting direction for this. Just like, hey, your beloved character is now the villain. Maybe Mythos is put off by Mac just being like, alright, it's enough. And then just dismisses him right away yeah and maybe mythos is hurt by that and it's like all right well fuck you then i'm gonna really yeah like i'll give you a good reason to walk away yeah Yeah. Yeah. i loved ap's performance in this too like ap doesn't have a lot of lines it's mostly peter wingfield or peter wiggs as i call him for some stupid reason but like adrian hall he has this like dumbfounded look on his face like he's almost giving this like just blank stare but his eyes are like red and like looks like he's ready to cry like i don't know i think it's a like i don't think he knows what to do like he's just like i'm ready to fucking explode but i don't know i thought it was just great like pent-up anger he shows without like really freaking out yeah there's a maniacal turn they both take at one point as mythos is kind of 
raising in hysterics. They're both almost kind of like laughing at each other. Yeah. This is not so It's an yeah. intense this, I mean, this scene. is a really well done scene. Yeah. When mothers warned their children that monsters would get them, it was me. But I really like at the end of the speech where they're both just kind of sadly looking at each other. Yeah. And it looks like they're, and they're taking off their cry. jacket. I, read that, I was like, what? Why? They like show it very deliberately. I, yeah. I thought they were going to fight. Right. I was like, they're taking off their jackets for reasons. I think it's just like, I'm going to take my jacket off because I'm getting in my car. But it's like, don't show that. Just get in the car. Like, yeah. we don't need this level of realism. No one drives in a goat. <laughs> right. I wonder also if Mythos tells him all this stuff to eliminate any of, like, Mac. Like, in the last episode, he makes fun of Mac for having, like, a moral dilemma. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to give you a moral dilemma. There is no question I was evil. Like, because yeah. it's like, Mac could then go back to Joe's and be like, I don't know. It was different times. It was like, that was a long time ago. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and now what do I do with that? Like, maybe Mythos is like... You don't get this the, the the choice. Like I'm going to tell you, I was really evil. Deal with it. And then sunglasses yeah. come down over his yeah. eyes. <laughs> Deal with it. So we cut back to Max Loft, and Joe is trying to understand what the fucking deal is. Joe, you can't defend it. I'm not defending it. I'm trying to understand it. What's the understand? He ran into a village, and then there was life. And then, and then, and then, and then. How many men have you killed? Well, well, Joe does like lay into like, man, it was like that was a long time ago, and there were like different different morals, different times. I was like, when was slaughtering a village of people ever like morally acceptable in this way? Or like the this isn't people. war. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like these are just raiders. Like from the beginning of time, people like this have always been considered bad. bad. What about like just to give an example? Sure. Vikings had a culture, an entire culture based on like raiding the English and like the northern french and all these people is they are they like an evil culture they're not at war with no but that's just what they do i would say that's interesting insofar it is that is a culture though like is mythos part of a different cult like mythos is part of a band of three other people that just do this they've got a whole camp is it just a camp of three other people i'm much oh yeah i guess they have other slaves with them or something. something. Yeah. Or do they have goons? I think there's... Are they warlords? What are they? I, can't I think remember. they're slaves because they compare Cassandra to the other people right. at some point. Like, yeah, is yeah. she any different? Like, you think she's different than these people or something. Like, she's special. Well, I, there's definitely are other slaves. Yeah. But I just mean, like, is their camp all just their slaves or are there... I don't know. Others. I don't know. There is something to the point, not to say that, like, raiding is okay, but there is something to the point that I feel like in history, there comes a point where like life stops being so cheap. Like people stop behaving in a way as though life is really cheap. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to attribute that to, but it does feel like there was like a moment where people start thinking about it differently. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Or maybe I'm just like telescoping it through like in history, we just constantly hear about like all the slaughters and misfortune that befalls all these people. But, you know, it definitely seems like there's a a paradigm shift that would come after this point. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Certainly relishing in it is never cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a problem. (laughs) That's what Mistos has admitted to doing. He's like, which is very bad. I loved it. And Joe is still like really going to bat for mythos on this yeah. he's like well i was in vietnam and we did stuff in vietnam i feel like this conversation should have happened before the last interaction interesting yeah like i guess that's so. just Combine like, those scenes it's like hey you he was like a raider he was this thing and until you get him being gleeful about it or like hearing him describe it you can buy into it a certain like joe's arguments seem stronger before you see someone actually rebel. Right. Like, it's very obvious that, like, that's indefensible. Right. But if it's just like, oh, we live, like, as initially, Mithis is like, oh, times were different. Like, right, right. I was different. Yeah. 
Like, there's a certain, maybe not, maybe it's not correct, but there's a facial appeal to it. Sure. And that's what Mac goes for because Joe is like, well, haven't you killed a bunch of people? And Mac is like, no, like, these guys, like, raped and pillaged across two continents. That's not what I did. Like, these guys didn't. I know I I killed people with their children watching. Yeah. But there is something a little bit like. I know I killed that world leader. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, like, you know, it it feels weird to have a defense of Mythos after that has taken place. Like, it just feels like, as Mac even says, like, that is indefensible. Yeah. So Joe gets a phone call from a watcher buddy, and they got the word on Cronus. He's like, he's in this abandoned power station by the docks. Mac is like pissed. He's like, I thought you didn't have a watcher on Cronus. And it's like, ooh. I don't. I have one on Cassandra. She Uh-oh. led us right there. So now Mac is like, oh, shit, I got to go help Cassandra out. That's mentioned earlier. Like, you shouldn't be going up against Kronos because Cassandra's also someone that's, like, not in the game. No, I think he was saying you can't go up against Kronos in the state you're in. Because she, oh. she was, like, freaking out. And he's like, if you fight him like this, you're going to be beaten. I see. I think maybe when I saw it the first time, I thought he was just implying, like, this isn't what you do. Like, you're a witch in the woods. Like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't go after She's got her. magic powers, That's though. true. If her magic powers had worked, I see no reason why she couldn't be Kronos. Spoiler alert. Let's talk about him. <laughs> so back in Prophecy, we saw, what's his name? Roland Cantos. Roland Cantos, the wiener immortal. <laughs> no, that's Dalman Ross, the evil wiener immortal. That's right. <laughs> you know, had the ability, you would say things like, your sword is getting heavy, and it would affect your mind. Right. Well, Cassandra apparently has the ability to do this too and she tries pulling this move on Kronos. when we cut to the power station so here's a reference i think to that flashback we see Kronos reading a book there's a number of scenes where Kronos reads and mythos reads and i think the, i think these are like supposed to be put in there because of the reading plot that was cut i think mm-hmm. i don't know because it's like they can do all, anything this, is this all just an episode of reading rainbow yes it is <laughs> this checks out uh but Kronos gets the buzz and he thinks it's Mythos showing back up. He's like, oh, I hope you brought his sword, like his proof that he killed him or whatever. But uh-uh, it's Cassandra. You look different some... somehow. This is what you said at the top of the episode, Keith. That's right. And it was terrible. Maybe it was yes. like a good choice. To... <laughs> so she starts doing her magic. And this shit doesn't work for who knows why. This, to me, is the writers were like, well, we want Cassandra to go up against Kronos, but she has powers. So what do we do? Let's just not have her have powers anymore. Yeah. Like, this just goes away. Yeah, this is bizarre. They don't work on him for some reason. For what reason? And, like, I don't know. Because he's powerful? I like to think that this does deploy the same logic that Star Wars uses, that it only works on weak-minded fools. Fools, and, yeah. So and it worked, is and it worked wonders on the duck. <laughs> 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 like i totally buy that he's like basically as old as mythos like oh, i totally yeah. buy that like a five thousand year old guy is like too strong for this to work on for some reason mm-hmm. but i feel like they needed to like call it out in some way yeah yeah because it's it's just like plays off awkwardly yeah it's weird then he's gross he's like you should sleep with me and ugh, it's it's disgusting so they start fighting and stuff the other thing i don't like is he just like immediately bats her sword away like she sucks yeah. apparently or at least compared to Cronus. right which, well, in some ways makes sense, because she probably relies on her spooky, her spooky magic. powers right. to beat people. Does Mac impermissibly interfere in this fight? Great question. Because she kind of sneaks away because there's a pipe, which she smacks. And, of course, in classic cinema fashion, it just shoots steam everywhere and she gets away. I want to see that not work one time or, like, work differently. Like, you smash a pipe and right. all of a sudden, like, some black sludge just starts <laughs> to eke out and everyone's like, 
Well, I mean, is that, like, imagine a place that just has, like, oh, what's that lever do? It just shoots boiling hot steam <laughs> into whoever's standing there. Like, yeah, what's that? Why does it even face that direction? Yeah, what's that lever sense? for? Yeah. It's so dangerous. You're going to kill somebody. That's got OSHA must have something to say about this. So Mythos has shown up, and while Cassandra's kind of snooping around, he, like, pops out of nowhere and smacks her in the face with the butt of his sword. This looks brutal. Yes. And he takes her away. And thro- we come Another drop. Out. Yeah. We come to find out, he takes her outside and throws her, the throws her off, off a bridge. bridge into a lake, lake or a, a, a river stream. or something. Um, I was just like, this is amazing. And then he angrily throws her scarf <laughs> over after her. Yeah. Do you think that was like. I think that was an, an accident. accident. And they just like, leave it in. Yeah. yeah. Back inside, Mac has shown up and he's taking on Kronos. And I love the way this is like lit. Initially, like when they first face off, like both of them have half their faces like obstructed by a shadow. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. So they go at it, and then Mythos starts lighting Molotov cocktails, which he has. And I was like, "What is this?" He no seems to have unlimited amount of them. He has like at least seven. <laughs> yeah, and he's just throwing them willy nilly. But then separately, like the Molotov cocktails aren't the heart of his plan. He also just has like a canister of gasoline that he later pours out and then lights that on fire yes right and it creates a barrier in between mcleod and chronos right why so does he do this good question chronos is like why'd you help mac or whatever stop the fight he's like i couldn't guarantee you would win yeah but, but if his, you go the other but way his plan insofar as mythos has a fucking plan which i'm not convinced he does but insofar as he has a plan his plan is to have mac kill chronos so why don't he just let him do it or well, I think is that does he think Mac maybe can't beat Kronos right now? Like, did he think this the situation's not set up enough for that? I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense. Also, frankly, if Kronos wins, he can just go over and take his, take head. his head. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't want Mac Ooh, to die. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand this because it's not like Mac is behind and he does this. So you're like, ooh, is he trying to save Mac? Right. He's just trying to stop the fight for some reason. Yeah. But he's also trying to save Cassandra. So, right. like, him saving Cassandra, to me, means at least that at least at this point, he's still trying to leverage a way to get away from Kronos. Like, because otherwise, fuck Cassandra. Right. Not literal. I and mean, he's, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, back like, on that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, don't, I, yeah, so I just don't understand. But he's starting a, a big fire. <laughs> Did start a big fire in a power station that's. That's going to cost a lot of money to put out. Yeah. That whole station's going to burn down. Uh, my favorite part of this whole thing is that it doesn't actually have an internal fire alarm. He needs to take a little uh, hammer, yeah. <laughs> a tiny, teeny, tiny little hammer to break some and glass break in case of emergency and set off an alarm, right. which also doesn't appear to be connected to sprinklers. No, this place is toast. Yeah, this place, <laughs> I can't imagine this place is like code compliant for a chemical plant. Well, it is abandoned. Yeah. So we cut to Max Loft, a very large Dutch angle from the ceiling. Mac comes in with his sword drawn because he has the buzz, uh, and he is like fucked up looking. Like he's all like covered in soot and stuff. Cassandra's there, standing in the dark in a corner. Hey, have a seat. <laughs> yeah, right. For drama. Mac did not know she was still alive, and so she's saying this will never be over till they're both dead. And Mac's like, then we'll find them. Right. I kind of wish, personally, in the previous scene where Mac or where Mythos dumps her over the river, like she wakes up, but it's like 80 yard wake up. Yeah, it's weird. And she's like, what does she say? Like, what are you doing? Or I don't know. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Right. Like, I wish she didn't know Mythos saved her. Like, Mm. because at this moment she's like well we still have to kill them both i mean i guess she's still taking revenge for all the terrible terrible things mythos did in the past yeah but like she also was witness to him doing something that is redeeming 
Yeah. And I wish they just cut that. Like, I wish it. she maybe didn't realize how she got there. She might assume maybe Mac did that to me or who yeah. knows how she got in the river. But, like, she now has some sort of proof positive that Mythos did something to help Good, her. And yeah. she behaves as though she doesn't. Right. So it's a small little thing. I wish she just didn't I'm uh, with you on that 100%. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, they're both going to find him. Bum, bum, bum. So we cut back to the docks. And so Cronus has a sword to Mythos is next, and he's asking why he stopped the fight. And this is where he gives us it. Could have gone either way. Yep. So Cronus says, he's like, well, now I don't know if I can trust you. Then Mythos drops the other bomb. Like, hey, like, well, maybe we can get the horsemen back together. And he's, he's like, like well, well, he kill- well, he, I think he's got like this in his back pocket. Of, right, right. Like, if he's ever going to kill me. I can, like, play this card to mm-hmm. buy more time. Which he does. Yeah, so he reveals that, yes, Caspian and Silas are still alive, which Cronus did not know about at all. And he's like, well, I can show you where they are. So, yeah, he's just uh, wasting time again, <laughs> which is, I guess, good. There you go. And that's the end of the episode. To be continued. Before we get too far into it, do we uh, want to play a game? No. Imagine if we said no one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No. no game this no, time. No, 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 no. No game. Game time. Bleep. All right, guys, we are going to play the IMDb keyword again because it hasn't come up in a while. and so, Except for last week. Except for last week. Well, yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you three IMDb keywords, and you are going to have to tell me what episode from seasons four or five this episode might be from. We're whoever keeping it gets, contemporary. That's right. And whoever gets the most points wins. Okay. Is there different point differentials, or is it all just one? Yes. um if you guess it on the very first clue you get three points second clue you get two points first clue you get one does that make sense however you are only allowed two guesses per round so don't waste maybe don't waste that first guess or maybe do or maybe do ready i'm ready role playing husband wife relationship uh uh till death correct I thought I was going to get that on role playing, but Tildeth. Actually, I was just like sitting there, like, what episode is Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> Magic missile. Round two. Grudge. Bad luck. Kyle. Double eagle. Correct. Oh damn. Episode. <laughs> I just read the episode. Episode. Nice. Round three. Parental disapproval. Cliff. Kyle. Homeland. Correct. Damn. Amen, are, are you playing this game? Or? I can't pull the, the episode names. Seasons four or five? Season Eng- four. <laughs> <laughs> Round four. English nobility. Kyle. Yes. Leader of the pack. Correct. God <laughs> damn it. Next round. Uh, am I one of the horsemen? Because I just destroyed Eamon's village. <laughs> damn. Megalomania. Kyle. Yep. Littleton God. Uh, God damn it. I know. These are tricky because you you kind of did some of these. I should have maybe cut those rounds. Whoops. Whoops. Next, Runaway Slave. Kyle. Yes. Uh, shit. Three, two. Yeah, I can't come one. up with the same right Fucking now. Yeah, I know it. the episode. Manhunt. Wrong. Duh. Master Slave Relationship. Yeah, I know the episode. I just can't come up with the title. Bronze Age. What? Oh, uh, comes a horseman? Revelation 6-8. Uh, I'll give it to you. This yeah. game was made for the next episode. Yeah. So, there you go. Eamon, you're on the board with a point. Look at that. Oh, oh I could have sworn that was going to be the Cole Robinson one. Yeah. Well, that's why I put it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, that really tripped me up. I couldn't come up with the name of that one. Wrongfully accused. Forgiveness. Oh, god damn it. Kyle? 
Nah, never mind. Fuck. <laughs> Runaway slave. Aiden Minhunt. Yes. Manhunt. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't come up with it. We just said it. It's I know. Also, you just gave him three points. That was worth one point. Do you really think it matters? <laughs> nope, I don't, but I just watched it happen. Next round. That means I lose. That's right. <laughs> Young Widow. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Kyle. Yes. Haunted. No. Seti. Kyle. Wrath of Kali. Yes. Damn. 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 Two more to go. There's that many? Wow, you did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Female reporter. Reporter. 1940s. Amen. Yes. The Blitz. Correct. Money note. That's good. You got uh, one, <laughs> so, three points? That was That's two good. Points. <laughs> two points. All right. That's good. Good for you. That's good. <laughs> Sound like you're talking to like <laughs> so your second like, grader. Way to go, little guy. Hell of a thing you, you just did. said your second grader. Like I have a child. Yeah, Keith Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, last one. It's a hard one. Boing. <laughs> Ambulance driver. Psychiatrist. Eamon, Deliverance. Yes. Oh. That was Final yeah. clue was Red Cross. That was good. Eamon, you have a total of eight points. Ooh. Is this for minus you, buddy. your extra nice point? Nice job, buddy. No, I even kept them in. Oh. Do you want? I could even. I could maybe even double. Hold on. I've not counted up. Oh, let's play a game here. I've not counted your, your score, Kyle. They're just hash marks on here. Do you think I could double Eamon's score and you'd still win? Depends. Are you taking out those extra two points? No. Then no. Eamon has eight. I think Eamon will beat me. All right. Fine. If that. So the bet is not made. Can you what, take that out what, and double it? <laughs> what bet? What was the bet? I don't know, but oh. we didn't make it, so. It's true. <laughs> it's moot. doesn't matter. It was a million dollars. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, you have 14 points for the win. You would have lost if you made the bet. I know. And you would have lost a million dollars. How about that? Ouch. Oh. Wow. <laughs> would I have won a million dollars? No, or do you I just have got to keep your million That's dollars? Right. This is for five million dollars. Yeah, let's breeze through a couple Watcher Chronicles because some of these are going to be for the next episode. Uh, one thing I just want to point out: we hardly ever read Duncan's Watcher Chronicle. Is this one updated? I didn't like put the actual chronicle. It changes every time, but I did think it was funny that his occupation. What do you think his occupation is? Antiques dealer. Uh, Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Independent means. <laughs> yeah, it should be that martial arts practitioner. No. What? <laughs> Practitioner. No. That's it. That's fucked no. up. Yep. That's wrong. <laughs> that is very incorrect. Indeed. Uh, so let us read Cassandra's. Uh, I won't give her stats. We've read it before. Great so we'll just stats. read her chronicle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what's, her, what's her charisma? <laughs> oh, wait. What's her, what's, her, uh, what's her wisdom? Is it? Is it oh, yeah. Occupation 16? model. Soothsayer? Oh, model. That's right. I forgot about that. That's weird. Heracronical reads, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And there are few as strong as Cassandra. She was raised by a people who drew life from the harsh desert sands. Her early immortal days were lived brutalized and enslaved until she fought her way across the wastelands and found freedom. She learned to trust no one, honing her skills with the sword and the weapons only she possessed. Talents so strong, a simple Bedouin had sensed them when she was an infant. They kept her alive when women weren't allowed to be strong, but kept her outcast. She was the witch in the woods, the temptress of a hundred fairy tales. Each time frightened mortals came to kill her, she emerged stronger. Her mortal lovers died, and her immortal lovers betrayed her. And she was the one who lived on. Today, she finally lives in a world where a woman can hold the power she deserves, where she's more at peace now than ever before. Huh. Huh. Side note, who are her mortal lovers who betrayed her? Mac as a child. (laughs) Mac as a child. Is that Roland Cantos? (gasps) Ooh. 
I don't know. Roland Cantos. More like Roland Blamtos. <laughs> what I'm talking about. He's blaming well, And then why don't we talk about Kronos this episode? We'll take Ooh. care of the other two horsemen next time. Melvin Corin. Melvin. You guys ready for his other oh, aliases? Eugene Blornkmeyer. Eugene. You're <laughs> is right. one? Oh, my God. No way. I swear. I was like, did you read this? How did you get this? No, I did not. Eugene Korinsky. Wow. And Dexter Corvin. He's Come on. What the f- Is he just picking the least threatening Dexter, names on the planet? Dexter, Melvin, yep. Eugene. I think they picked like nerd names for him. I don't get uh, it. I don't get it either. Born unknown. twelve. It's uh, circa 12 BC, 1200 BC or earlier. Which I means think. he's 2000 years younger than Mythos, right? I think so. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. Mythos? First of all, undetermined teacher. It's all unknown, unknown. Unique characteristics. Guess what that might be? Tattoo. scar? Yes, a scar. Finally, like a real one. Yeah. Which I don't know if we mentioned. He's got the titular bad guy scar. Yes. That's true. Uh, Occupation none, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guess it's really not a job if you love it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. His chronicle reads, Our primary thrust is to identify other aliases under which the horsemen may have incomplete chronicles to bring them together under a single chronicle. We've had the most success to date with Kronos. Kronos's profile is fairly unique. A genius without the baggage of scruples or ethics who takes the most direct route possible to achieving his objective and acts in accordance with the honest belief that he is the center of the universe. What? Wow. His, I don't get that. His plans are simple, inelegant, inelegant, huh? Usually simple plans are elegant, aren't they? Yeah. But blindingly effective. That's his MO. That makes him fairly easy to spot. The confirmation is the physical profile. His scar is something the chroniclers will always comment on. We've made three direct hits, Melvin Korn, Eugene Korinsky, and Dexter Corvin. My assistant wonders if he deliberately picks names that gets him into bar fights. Who's fighting people in names? Like, hey, what's your name, buddy? Melvin? Fuck you, Owen. (laughs) Who's picking? I think they tease him, and then that's an excuse for him to fight them. Uh, Jesus. People teasing each other about their names in a bar. People teasing people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> recently, there's a, there was a bunch of news articles that a woman just graduated for, with her doctorate in a, from a university in Wisconsin, and her name is Marijuana Pepsi. <laughs> oh, Dr. Pepsi. <laughs> so she is Dr. Marijuana Who's, Pepsi. That last name is Pepsi. That's weird. Well, there we go. That's Melvin Corns. Nerd alert. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's good with chemicals, so he is like a nerd. Is I that why they picked it? I, I don't know. It's bizarre. Huh. He's a real ding dong. <laughs> yeah. What do we think of this one? Well, you know what, Eamon, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. What did you know about this episode going into it? Nothing. Nothing. I knew that Mythos was going to turn bad. Okay. Or not turn bad, but was bad. That much was spoiled for me. Okay, I haven't seen this before, so that that was kind of yeah. why I asked, and I was curious, like your uh, your response, like as a kind of this was a new episode for you. Like, did you find it was like shocking or any of that? I didn't find it shocking. Um, so you're real tough. Yeah, I'm a real tough guy. Yeah, he's, a, uh, he's unfla- unflappable, Eamon. That's right. But I thought this was really good. Um, I like these characters. This is a cool element. To use for this story, is it for the fifth this element? world, this is the cool fifth element. The fifth horseman of the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It's Zerg. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else want to negotiate? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like this episode a lot. Okay. I, I like the interplay between Mythos and McLeod. The guy that gets to play Cronus is great. He's really yeah. good. He really delivers it. When he yells like "You owe me," I was like, "Who?" Yeah. Who? And the flashback is just awesome like the amount of the amount of design attention that went into all of that 
is really impressive. Yeah, especially for a TV show. Like, you don't have a lot of time to prep. I'm, I'm curious when they started, like, knew this episode was going to be made. Like, to design four different looks for the four horsemen. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, they could have easily just put them all in some cloak, and that was it. Like, with nothing. Maybe a little face makeup. Maybe and I don't think like anyone would be mad about it. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, But they went to the time to have, like, each character has, like, their own personality, like, their own look. I don't know. That's a lot. And to make all the weapons. That's pretty cool. And, like, they are very stylized. Like, we didn't get too far into it, but, like, Kronos' sword has, like, it's almost like the swords from Highlander 2. They've got, like, all these weird, like, extra jutted edges on them. And mm-hmm. Caspian uses, like, again, like, a this, like, long sabery-looking thing that has, like, a notched, like, almost barb on the end of it. And, you know, we don't get too many Axe Immortals, but that's Silas. Amethyst just has his sword. <laughs> Right, which is like a Roman centurion sword. Which they didn't exist, but whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a, a cool episode. I it's feel like very plot performance and performance driven as yeah. opposed to like there's really a moral question here. They try to talk about it like there is one, but there kind of isn't because he did it. Right. The only question yeah. then is like, well, what do you do with it after the fact? They, I don't know. They don't kind of get into that either. I like mean, Mac, Mac isn't ready to kill Mythos. Like, when they break up, he's just like, we're, we're through, we're through. The only reason Max stopped Cassandra from killing Mythos in the dojo was because he didn't know what happened. Right. If she moves on Mythos after this, like, Mac has done this literal thing, like, dozens upon dozens of times. Right. True enough. Yeah, I don't think he would try to stop so, Cassandra. Only, I think he would only try to stop Cassandra from killing Mythos because he'd be worried about Cassandra. <laughs> Yeah. Not that, yeah. like, no, go for it. There isn't really much of a question. Yeah. I mean, the turn of Mythos is amazing. Yeah. And I think, like, I mean, I don't know, even, like, the inspiration for the the episode, like, to take this Four Horsemen idea, like, what cool fodder for this show, I think. Yeah. And as you pointed out earlier, it really takes some stones to, like, do this kind of play on such a beloved character. We'll see worse things next episode, I suppose, like, in flashbacks, like, Jesus, Mythos is bad news. Yeah, it's not good. It's real bad. He's a bad boy. Bad boy. He's a bad what boy. What you going to do? Yeah, I really like a bad boy, like a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Real dark. Hmm. We ready to rape this thing? Do people have more to say? I think we'll have more to say at the end of the set. Yes. yes. Where. Eamon, you won the catalog games. That means you get to give your opinion first. How many cute little horsies would you give this? This is another 4.5 cute little horsies for me. I think this is a awesome episode. Plays with the Highlander stuff. Has good sword fights. Has a good flashback. Mm-hmm. Kyle, how many spins on the Wheel of History would you give this episode? I give this four and a half spins on that there Wheel of History. This is an interesting companion piece to Valkyrie. Because it's like highlighting a different aspect of what can make Highlander so good. Because Valkyrie was all about the moral questions. This is all about like the set pieces, the characterization. It really all works. And like I'm really impressed with the way they're playing with the format and pushing it forward. I think it loses half a point because of the world's most awkward setup. The first like three minutes of this episode are like <laughs> from another planet. And that flashback to the Old West. Do we yeah. need that for any reason other than Mac knows Kronos? Yeah. I think we want him to know Kronos, and we want to establish that Kronos is better than Mac, potentially. Okay. Superhero Mac is not necessarily up to handling Kronos. Right. But, like, they don't have, like, a beef, though. 
I mean, other than Mac, they, I guess, hunted him. Like, well, I don't know, like, I feel like you could just do this episode and not have Mac know him, and you'd change a few things, but it's not necessary. No. They, I think they do it more mechanically, because that is, that is part of the... Well, no, it's not. The fact that Mac knows that Melvin Corrin is Kronos is not what leads them to being able to catch Kronos. They catch Kronos because Joe has a watcher on Cassandra. Right. And Cassandra, by methods unknown to us. Yeah. Magic. That's, magic. Uh, that's honestly finds... a big problem I have with this episode and the next episode is how does anyone find anybody? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. So that's kind of my right. thing. And also might make it more interesting. Like, it would give good reason for Mythos to stop the fight. Like, Mac might go into the fight if he didn't really know who Kronos was because he never dealt with him before. Like, we've said Mac's a fucking superhero. He's like, I can take him. I got karate kicks. And, like, maybe Mythos is like, no, no, no. Like, you don't know how good he is. I'm stopping this fight. Like... I don't yeah. know. That would make sense, I suppose. Like, it might be more interesting for Mac not to know that he's better than him. That's possible. Right. Because under this version, we're thinking this is establishing that he could lose this fight. Yeah. I think the the reason... I would have been perfectly okay with it if him knowing Melvin Corrin was the key to finding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that had happened, I think that clears up some of these mechanical questions. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Yeah. It's like in the one with Grayson, Max afraid to fight Grayson. He's, he's not. Like, a, he, he never strikes me as afraid to fight Cronus. No. Right. It amps the stakes up on our end, but yeah. not because of Max's disposition. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say that, like, what's Cronus doing in the the past exactly? Like, he just seems to be stealing shit just from a, wagons. A well, I think he's saying that, like, he's trying to be still the horseman. Oh, uh, right, right. Said, yeah, that makes he even sense. Says to Mithos at one point, like, I tried doing this, like, with keeping others. the old ways alive, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work because, it, like, we had the special sauce. Like, right. the four of us. Like, that was the truth. And, like, any time I try to recreate it... Yeah, that makes sense. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. I just, just didn't find him very threatening in the, that flashback. No. Whereas no, I find, like, like, I find the horseman to be like, wow, he, they're scary. It's this disgusting ridiculous. beard. He's an yeah. idiot. And his, name is, and his name is Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what are you supposed to take him seriously for? Sorry, any listeners who are named Melvin. Fuck you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is Mel Gibson's real name Melvin Gibson? I've never stopped and thought about it. I think it's just Mel. Which is weird. Huh. Melba Toast? Yeah, I think yeah, it's Melba Toast. <laughs> it was Melba Toast Gibson. Ironic, considering his, some of his other comments. But yeah. Keith, it's, I was just saying, we've got something else to do, I tend to think. Uh, Keith, how many Bedouin skulls would you Ooh. give this? Ooh. Uh, I think I might do 4.5 as well. Hey-oh. I, I, I wanted to give it a 5. <laughs> this is really good. I don't know. It, it does suffer from like some mechanical stuff like... The, the moral question doesn't isn't really there, but it, it makes up for it in like emotional content. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and I think sometimes like I don't know. I feel like a lot of times when we rate these episodes, we tend to have this barometer. Like some episodes that are like have a huge moral question don't really have. I mean, for I think that's come up before. Like Valkyrie was kind of that way for me at least. Like big moral weight, but like no f- sword fighting or anything like that. Uh, and other episodes are like fun and exciting. There's lots of action beats, but they don't have a moral question. Uh, this one's like character driven. Uh, I mean, I think the twist with Mythos is, like, the most epic thing the show could do. And the horsemen are amazing uh, as, like, a concept uh, to have, like, a big, splashy, like, hundredth episode sort of thing. I mean, yeah, this feels, like, very movie-like. Like, this is a movie plot or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 4.5. This is really, really good. Good yeah. stuff. Also, we forgot to mention, Mythos rides a white horse and oh. death 
it's explicitly said in the Bible that death comes on a white horse. A pale horse. A pale horse, Which might mean me. something different. What might it mean? A sick horse. Because he's deaf. The, the, hor- it's the, the horse is, like, dying. But mm-hmm. he's dying because he's deaf? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I've read that as, like, it's a sickly horse, not a uh, white horse. Or it's a bucket. Yeah, it's a bucket horse. <laughs> a bucket horse. <laughs> Amazing. Like a shitty Wonder Twins form of a pale yeah. horse. <laughs> but they do put Mythos in white, too. I think that's also to, like, show he's different. Like, Mythos is the only one that wears white, right? I think. I think so. Of the horseman. So he sticks out. Your hero always has some sort of mark or something. Mm. Right. Whatever. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for Whatever. joining <laughs> us this week. <laughs> uh, make sure to join us next week when we're going to be talking about the hundredth episode of highlander how many episodes have we made kyle nearly two so suck Suck it it, highlander suck it ken gord fuck you (laughs) as we sit around drink beers (laughs) and fart about and make each episode on the most shoestring budget possible indeed so yes still suck it ken gord anyway uh, if you'd like to support that budget (laughs) go on to patreon.com and contribute to our patreon page that's highland you can go on patreon.com slash rewatched or just go on patreon and search for highlander rewatched do it today that's right join us next week we're going to be talking about episode 11 revelation Six, eight. Nope. I, I thought it was episode 100. Nope. Uh, join us next week. We're going to be talking about season five, episode 12, Revolution. Revolutions. <laughs> join us next week. We're going to be talking about season five, episode 12, Revelation 6, 8. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. Bye. Bye. like a foot thing we thinking you know what sorry okay <laughs>